Hey friends, this is Mario J. Radford. I'm the pastor of Growth Point Church, and this is our podcast. I pray that it connects, leads, and maybe introduces you to a growing and life-changing relationship with Jesus. Now let's go into the message. about what you were made for and just simple topic is in designer label how you were made for everything that you are going through God makes no mistakes everything that you have experienced is God ordained um, first I want to talk to you about I hear you but I can't see you so they were on this road and Paul Saul, excuse me, I'm moving ahead. Saul was on this road to Damascus, and, you know, he had received the order that if he did see anybody, and when it says in the way, that is what they called Christians before we were officially called Christians, people of the way. So anybody who believed against what Paul, what Saul was formally trained in, and he was a Jew, so he was a man of the law. So he believed in keeping the law, so anybody who preached against that and preached Jesus, he had the authority to bring them back bound and in chains, man or woman. So he was on this road, and he was going through, and he had a posse with him. He had a few. It doesn't say how many. It just said he had some men with him. And sometimes while we're traveling, be it right or wrong, when we're in our wrong season, we got our friends that'll travel with us when we're wrong. When we're in our right season, we got our friends that'll travel with us when we're right. And if you are good, I don't want to say it if you are good, but sometimes you will have the opportunity to have the same set of people. Meaning, when you was doing wrong, the same set of people was behind you. And then whenever, for whatever reason, you received correction, you got your life together, sometimes you have the same opportunity to do life with those same people. So Saul had this group with him. And as he was going, um, Jesus, the light appeared. A light appeared from heaven. And Saul was blinded and he fell to the ground. All of them fell to the ground. But what I found interesting if you look at verse, uh, verse 3 in chapter 9, it states in verse 3, chapter 9, well, all right, it states, it talks about how they, they were with him. Here we go. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. What is interesting is they all fell to the ground, but only Saul was having a response, a conversation with the light. Only Saul, now those who were with him, I don't know if they, well, they heard the sound, but they couldn't interpret the sound. But they knew that Saul was having a conversation. And sometimes you are the leader. You are the leader, be it right or wrong, people are watching you. So you have to make sure that you, if your ear is tuned in, 
that you are having the right conversation because people are behind you and you will have to lead them at some point. And so Saul had this encounter when he had to hear, even though he was blind, and he said, Lord. Now, isn't it interesting that he said, Lord, and he had no kind of relationship with the one and only true living Savior. But he had such an encounter that I guess maybe he figured nobody could do this but God. Have you ever had an encounter where you have spoke against someone or something so bad where you in turn, they approached you and you had to realize and almost say, I'm sorry. Saul was the one who was persecuting people who had an experience that he had yet not to have. And that means he did not have an understanding. So because he did not have an understanding, he had no problem being the ultimate persecutor. When you don't have an understanding, you have a tendency to talk about things and put your mouth on things that you do not understand. When you have not had an encounter, you know, and we come, Dr. Emanuel, you know, they say holy rollers. And so when you, if you've never experienced it, I ain't gonna say you, you're missing anything. It's just another experience, another form of worship. But if you've never had that encounter, I cannot explain to you how I can start at one door and end up at another door and have no recollection. But if you haven't experienced it, you will look at people like they crazy. Why they do that for? It don't take all that. You do not have an understanding. So because Saul did not have an understanding, you know, he was this persecutor. And he thought, he thought that he was doing well. He thought because of how he was raised and what he studied and what he knew that he was doing right. No one could tell him that he was wrong. And sometimes you get so caught up in what you have studied what your grandmama told you, what your daddy told you, what even your professors or what you've known to be the standard on the job that you will go against anything that opposes that. And when you have an encounter, most likely it will go against everything that you was taught. Everything. And he was confronted by the one that loved him in spite of. Can you say you would do the same? Can you say you would do the same if someone you knew could despise you? Tore down everything that you did. Could you still love them? Could you still approach them? Could you still offer them Jesus? Could you still be the light? But we'll move on because I don't want to sound like I'm being too harsh. But anyhow, so Saul was having this encounter and the man was with him and he was blind. And he heard the voice, but with him being blind, he had no direction. So the Lord, I hear the voice, but I can't see. So I need those around me. I have to tell them where to take me. He had to tell them where to take him to Damascus. So that means you need to make sure you can count on the people that are around you. 
Now, mind you, I told you they was following him before his encounter. These same people helped lead him to where he needed to go after his encounter. So for some odd reason, his influence was enough for them to even trust that after this encounter, he's doing the right thing. Do you have anyone on your team by your side who can trust the God in you enough, your God experience, that if you need help to get to a destination, they won't ask any questions. They're going to help take you to their destination. Sometimes we ask too many questions. You sure the Lord told you that? You sure? And when we get there, what's going to happen? Just get me there. That is all I need is for you to get me there. Now you, you, the, now the, the, you felt the same thing I felt. You didn't hear it, but you felt it. So you know it's real. So you had just enough experience to know that what I'm telling you is real. So that should be enough to answer all of your questions. Sometimes, the, uh, Pastor Mario told us last week, the Lord will give us a flash. Sometimes the sound is all you need. Sometimes that bright light is all you need. Sometimes you want too much information and he's just giving you enough to see if you're going to follow instruction. And so they had to get him to Damascus because he had to get to this house, the house of Judas. And he had to get there because someone was coming with some information for him. And sometimes we move too slow. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. We move too slow because all our questions have not been answered. We move too slow because uh, everything I need to know, it hadn't been laid out. Some people are very detail-oriented. So that means they need an itinerary. When I get there, someone's going to knock on the door. And then when I knock on the door, who's going to answer the door? Just get there. Just get there. Sometimes we miss out because we sit back because we won't get there quick enough. But anyhow, they got there, and there was a man that was coming named Ananias. And don't get it confused, there's more than one Ananias. This is Ananias of Damascus. This is not the Ananias that lied and lost his life because he lied. It's not the same one. So this one was a disciple who Jesus had given some instruction to. Now... I don't want to give Ananias too much credit before we get there because Ananias had questions himself. Now, he knew Jesus. He was a disciple, so he was a follower. So when he heard the instruction, he still had a question. Are you sure? Are you sure? And I want to get you to listen to your Ananias. When you get to where you're going, there is going to be an Ananias there for you. Make sure you listen. In verse 17, 
This is why I want to tell you, make sure you listen. So Ananias departed and entered the house, and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, Lord Jesus, who appeared to you, not to me first, he appeared to you. So Ananias is coming to confirm. So you need to be able to hear the one who is going to confirm the word of the Lord on your life. He appeared and said, Brother Saul, Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. There is an Ananias that is sent to you because you experienced his power, but you're still blind. You experience, you heard his voice. You're listening to his direction, but you're still blind. That's why Ananias is important. Now, did Ananias doubt? Yes, he did, but he still went forward and followed his instruction. Because sometimes those of us who have been in the way for a while and consider ourselves disciples, we get judgmental. We get judgmental. Lord, are you sure you chose that individual? Are you sure you're speaking to that one? Uh, he said, I have heard about Saul. I've heard all the, don't you know this man is, he might kill me. But he still said, nevertheless, I will be obedient and go do the work of the Lord. Now, because he was obedient, that helped Saul to be able to get through and make it. Because he needed more. So sometimes the Ananiases in your life have the more that you need to make it to the next place. Now, what is an Ananias? It is the mature saints in the Lord. It is those who have already gone before you and can attest to the goodness of God. It is those who have already heard the voice, who have communion with God, who can go forward and also hear with you. Now, I come from a place where we had a lot of Ananiases, be it man or woman. Now, they could be more judgmental than nice, but they was there to help you. And what do you mean by that? The Ananias I may have experienced, when I was younger, I loved to travel. When I was in school, I was in both choirs, so I was really on the road. I stayed on the road. If I wasn't with one choir traveling, I was with the other. And then if I had a free weekend, my college buddies, we was hitting it. So when I did appear on occasion back to church, where I had served in many positions, they would say, you got too much running in your feet. I'd be like, you just mad because all you want to do is go to church. You just want to go to church. But now I understood. Because when you always have something to do. Now, I'm not telling you don't experience the world and go and travel and see things. But you don't have to be gone every weekend. And it's simple things because if you are, apparently, one, you're not saving any money to do anything later on. So then you look up now talking about, I'm broke. I guess so, because you had hot feet. 
You had to be gone every weekend. It was always somebody who needed your attention. And I will tell you, there is nothing worse than the feeling of you've been there for everybody, everybody's wedding, everybody's funeral, everybody's party, everybody's celebration, and then you have a need and nobody is there for you. And I will come to you in a form of Ananias and tell you it will happen. I'm not, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to do anything. And also Ananias, now he didn't, but Ananias was also supposed to tell him how he was going to have to struggle with God. Well, for God. Now, if Ananias had told Saul everything that he was going to face, I don't know that Saul would have continued in the way. Saul had a troubled future ahead of him. But it was in the name of Jesus and it was for the work of Jesus. Now, what you're going to have to know that God loves you, but it is not going to be a cakewalk. There is, I can't give you any guarantees. I can't tell you you won't have a hungry experience. I can't tell you all your marriages will stay intact. I can't tell you you won't have a child to die. I can't tell you that you might not have a homeless situation. I can't promise you that, but I can tell you that if you are in the way, God got you. I can tell you that if you hold on and you are following the instruction, you're going to make it. I can tell you that. Sometime a preacher will get up here and tell you, if you're giving this offering, your child's not going to die. Yes, they are, and you are too. I don't mean to sound harsh, but we fool people. God is not looking for you. He don't need a trick to convince you that he's real. That is not what we are supposed to do, and neither did Ananias. But he did follow the instruction and laid his hands on him. And after he laid his hands on him, that's when he was able to see. That is when something like scales, it said, fell off his eyes. I don't know if you've ever seen anybody like uh, with the film over their eye, like a, uh, what they call it, a cataract. It looks real, real milky. Could you imagine you praying for somebody? And the spirit of the Lord move and they just fall off. They can just see. That is how God is. Everything that he once knew to be true, once his scale fell off, he knew that he was in the way of God. And he knew that God was real and he had to go forward in the direction that the Lord had told him. So I will always say that Ananias is a confirmation carrier and they are very important to your walk. Now, what is interesting about Saul, um, I don't know, some of you may have heard preachers say Jesus, God changed his name. And what I want you to do is find it for me. I was a Sunday school kid. When I was Baptist, I was a BTU. When I was Pentecostal, I was YPU. I, I, I've been, I've been in convention. I, I've done it all. 
and heard the same thing. God changed his name. Where is it? I'm here to let you know, he, God didn't change his name. He always had two names. He always had two names. When Saul was born, he was born in the Roman territory. Even though his parents were Jewish, so he had a Jew, he had a Hebrew name, and he had a Roman name. So Saul is his Hebrew name. Paul is his Roman name. In Acts chapter 21, verse 39, it just gives a brief history of where he came, you know, how he had the two. Paul replied, I am a Jew from Tarsus in Sicilia, a citizen of no obscure city. I beg you, permit me to speak to the people. But he was in another situation, but he had to give a little brief history because they didn't believe that he was a Roman uh, citizen. So, when he changed his name, Paul changed, Saul changed his own name to Saul, to Paul. It just happened. That I, was, I kept studying, I kept looking, kept looking for the defining moment, and it just changed. When you are walking in your purpose, sometimes your name will just change. Sometimes you're looking for to get that um, seal of approval when you start walking, Lord. And I remember uh, when I was younger, everybody wanted to be a bishop. Everybody wanted to be a bishop. In my mind, a bishop is old. A bishop is really on his, I don't want to say on his way out, but at least 60. You know, he old. And that's not old, I'm sorry. But you know what I mean in the, so I was like, why everybody want to be a bishop? We are 25 years old. Why you want to be a bishop? You, first off, you can't, I don't, you don't know nothing. You don't know anything. Why are you so ready to go out and lead the nation and you have no life experience? Why are you so ready to have everyone call you, oh, that is bishop? And you ain't nothing you can do to help them but smile. You got a lot of energy, so you can hype a service. But that's about it. After that, they can't count on you. I mean, you know, because you can only offer so much. So sometimes you have to realize that when you are on your way, that is when God will change your name. That is when someone who once knew you as one thing would all of a sudden know you as something else. And, and the, how I grew up, we came up with two names anyway. You had your birth name and your nickname. Now, depending on who you are, like a person like myself, because my name is Guillaume, which is French for William. No, I cannot speak French. I have a dad who just wanted to be unique, okay? So if you have a name like me, you might have seven nicknames. Depending on where you are in life, when I went to college, I had a set of nicknames. When I was growing up, I had a set of nicknames. But some people might know you as one thing, and then as you're walking, you know, you will get developed into something else. But I'm saying that to say he changed his name because it was going to get him further. 
It was going to help him to reach the people. Because when he was Saul, he was the Hebrew who persecuted the people. When he was Saul, he was the Hebrew who would kill or lock up any other Hebrew who believed in Jesus, who was not one of the law. So after his encounter and after he had witnessed to some people and he was on his way, I believe he discovered that if I go by Paul in this Roman territory, now I look like Saul, but I'm telling you my name is Paul, so you might get me in the door a little bit quicker. And sometimes because of your name, people will be thrown off immediately. I do not introduce myself to people on the street as Pastor Guillaume. My name is Guillaume. Call me G. Say hey. That's not important. Sometimes when you give them the, your title that you just think is so important, it puts people off and you don't get the real them. They start telling you what they think you want to hear or what you need to hear. I asked you how your day was. Don't tell me blessed and highly favored and we both in the food stamp line. Don't tell me I'm going to be all right and we both somewhere seeking counselors, needing just someone to hear us. There's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes you need people to hear you. And when you get that opportunity, don't get so caught up in your title and don't get so caught up in your position to where you cannot minister to people and you cannot be a help. You may have to wash a toilet. You may have to scrub a floor. You may have to, uh, someone might be bleeding on the side of the road. But is your position that important? Oh, I, I, we don't do that. That is not what it's about. So just know that if you're going to, just know I just, Paul had the two names from the very, very, very beginning. And what is really good is that one name, when his Hebrew name meant asked of God. So Saul meant asked of God. Paul almost meant the direct opposite. Paul meant little or small. So I'm going to do more work carrying the name that says I'm small or little than the name that says I am asked of God. How does God work? The name that you think is so important, the name that you have worked all your life to get might not be the name that gets the people. It may not be the place where God, I'm not saying it's not your ordained place. I'm not saying if you got a great job, you're supposed to be broke, foolish. Foolish. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying just know when you get to the place that you think is the ultimate pinnacle of your life, ask God, am I doing your will? Because sometimes we work and we establish things and we have to have and we have to be to get there to be empty. To get there and not be satisfied and still don't know the true and living God. Saul was a devout Jew. 
Saul, you couldn't tell him what he didn't know. But he didn't know Jesus. He knew of him, but he didn't know him in him. What do you mean by and he had no experience? He had, he had not had an encounter. Saul was destined to reach nations from the very beginning. If you go back to chapter 9, it states that he was destined. The Lord gave him that name. The Lord knew that he was going to make it. The Lord knew the man of two names. And no man, the Lord knew a man that had two different uh, life history patterns. He still ordained him and he still chose to use him. From the very beginning, don't ever get caught up in what your mistakes were. Never get caught up and ask the Lord, are you sure? Walk in that way. Listen to him. He doesn't make any mistakes. Anybody who tells you that they lived a perfect life is a lie. Anybody, I don't care what it looks like. You can look at any marriage and get to know them. They'll tell you the truth. Look at anybody with a great job or whatever you think is a great job. It might, making a whole lot of money might not mean a great job to you. Whatever the case is and ask them what it took to get there. I hope they tell you the truth. Some people, I wish you knew that this, that growth point was not the first experience that Pastor Mario tried. We was a, this, what you see sometimes, there is a whole story behind it. There is a whole process that gets you from A just to B, let alone Z. There are steps that you take. There are mistakes that you make. There are things that will happen to you, but you cannot get distracted. You have to know that I am made for this. And reason why I said designer label is because some people get caught up in names. I have to have this because it's that. Oh, I have to have this because it's that. But the question is, will it stand the test of durability? You have been designed to stand the test. God has created you to be durable. God has created you to walk through every situation that he has ordained in your life. God has created us to let us know that we are going to make it if we stay in his will. You cannot get distracted on what's going on. And sometimes we want to argue religion and philosophy and government and different things that don't matter. Why do they not matter? Because at the end of the day, God is still God. And he is always in control. And nothing that you can predict, it don't mean it's going to happen that way. I don't care how you vote. I don't care how you cry. I don't care what you stand on. I, I don't care. At the end of the day, what God wants to do, he's going to do it. So how crazy do you look arguing and you're not God? People ask me all the time, what you think? I don't know. Well, you know, I, I told you I don't know. I don't mean no, I'm not nasty. I'm just, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like having a de the debate. 
I don't feel like having the long conversation that's going to lead to nowhere, but both of us upset. I don't. And then the name that, you know, well, he's always arguing. That Pastor G is just negative. He always got something to say. I don't know. I don't know. But I want to encourage you to tell your own story. And what I mean by that, nobody can tell of the goodness of God like you. Nobody can tell your journey like you can. Nobody could tell the story of Saul changing to Paul like he can. Nobody could tell you where he came from like he could. And it's just a, in Philippians chapter 3 verse 5. Paul was going through and he was telling these people, you know, he was giving his story. Paul said, circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, a tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He was telling them, I, I, I came from the truth. I came from, ain't no doubt about it, I am a Hebrew through and through. On my mama and my daddy. And then he said, as to the law, go back for me, please. As to the law of Pharisee, I am well studied. You, and there's nothing you can talk to me about that I can't tell you about concerning the law. You can go ahead. And then he said, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, I was so well studied and so informed that I stepped out and said, anybody who got something to say, I'm taking you hostage. And then he said, as to righteousness under the law, I was blameless. I did that. I had no mistakes. So guess what? At the end of the day, it later goes on to say that that means nothing. So what I mean by tell your own story, go ahead and tell, yes, I'm the one. Because you know when you start being used and you start being on the scene and you start ministering, and I'm not saying right here, it could be on the street, it could be your neighbor. Somebody will be like, well, ain't that the one? Ain't that the one? Go ahead and tell me. Uh, yep, it was me. I am the one. Yep, did you? Yeah, I did. And couldn't nobody do it better than me. Own it. But that doesn't mean anything. Just know that you are following the direction of God and you are in his way. Know that uh, Paul was the one who knew everything and still didn't know God. So what I'm telling you is you can go through all kinds of things. You can have all kinds of credentials. You can make all kinds of mistakes. Whatever. Whatever your life story is. But what is important is the moment that you came into the knowledge of God. What is important is the moment that you are able to attest to your God encounter. I'm not, I, and you know I've heard people say I was in a living room and the sky opened up. I, I can't tell you that for me. But I can tell you I know he's real. I can tell you that I've heard him speak to me. I can tell you that when I heard him speak and I followed his direction that things opened up for me. I can tell you that. So don't look for the sky to open up. You might, first off, half of you ain't on the field anyway killing nobody for Jesus. So don't look for a Saul experience. Now, everybody wants the dramatic encounter but ain't doing nothing. 
Just listen to the voice. Listen to him speak. Listen to, it says, a still small voice. Listen, God shouldn't have to crack the sky to get our attention. Just listen to what the Lord is saying to you. Listen to your experience. I'm, I'm, I'm done, praise team. Just listen to everything that God is saying. Listen and know that God is real and that your encounter is all you need to stand on. Please, please, please never let anyone deter you from your God mission. And like I told you, even the people that was with him, if they don't direct you, God will send somebody to get you there. If you need a little help, ask. There are so many abort missions because we won't ask for help. There are so many visions that are laying dormant because we won't ask for help. Ask for help. There are people out there. God has a world full of people who are capable. Never let God's word fall to the ground because we're prideful. Never let God's mission for your life fall to the ground because you are hesitant. Know that God is real and that he will give you everything you need. Please, please, please know that you were designed to make it. Your name is a label. Your name carries weight. What do I mean by that? Because God put vision behind your name. God put purpose with your name. God put uh, possibilities with your name. So you're not created just to sit here and do nothing. You're not created just to smile at people. You are created to help. Somebody needs you. God created you to help your brother and your sister in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So know that in all you do, Lord, help me that I may be able to go and that I might be able to serve with purpose and that I might be able to fulfill your will. That is all God wants. That is all God wants. That is all God wants is for you to realize. And when he speaks, listen. And when he tells you direction, please get there. I want to take this time to thank you for your prayers, support, and generous giving that make this ministry possible. For more ways to connect, visit online at growthpointchurch.org. If you've enjoyed today's message, you can like, subscribe, share with your friends, or take a screenshot and share on your social stories and tag us at MyGrowthPoint. Until next time, keep growing.